Hey everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Monday, June 15th, and yesterday we dove back into the book of Exodus. We were in this book two years ago in a series that we called Deliverance, and I felt it pertinent uh, that we go back to it. And uh, yesterday actually wasn't at our church. Um, I was at um, Reality Boston, so meaning I was in my living room, and we stream church. And of course, you know, you may know this. We record our gathering a couple days before Sunday, so we could mix the music together and make sure all the transitions are right. So there's a cohesive, really good cohesive online um, kind of church experience that matches. Uh, our Sunday. Anyway, I don't need to get into all that. But so I have the privilege of on Sunday morning going to Reality Boston. My good friend, dear brother, Al Abdullah, uh, he has um, resigned from his church and handed his church off to Rashad Clemens, who has taught at our church several times and lived in the Bay for about a year. And um, yesterday was his his very la- his farewell sermon, and it was excellent. And it was really cool to be a part of that gathering. Um, so I wasn't at Reality SF. I wasn't really watching, participating there. Uh, but then I got a text saying, you know, the chat um, is kind of getting weird. Uh, we do live chat. Oh, we used to. We might not anymore because of yesterday. Uh, we do live chat. And the reason why we kept live chat in there since the beginning was, you know, our uh, when you're at Sunday morning, you might turn to your friend and go, what song is this? Um, or you might during the sermon like, amen, or come on, or, you know, okay, or whatever. Um, and we wanted to leave that experience, that part of church in there. And for the most part, for the last, you know, three months, it's worked great. Uh, yesterday, of course, with everything going on in our world, it got a little funky. And there was a couple people just saying things that were, you know, a little weird. But one of the things that I found both weird and really funny was that, well, here's the thing. I taught this almost exact same sermon two years ago. That's why we're doing Reality Remix. And uh, my one of my good friends, Rich Velotis, says that uh, um, that if it's if it's a good sermon, uh, oh, wait, how did he say it? Something about like, if, if it's a good sermon, it's worth preaching more than once um, or something like that. Like, yeah. So you should never feel guilty. Pastors should never feel guilty of preaching a good sermon more than once. So... Two years later, I really loved this sermon, I, and I think it's very poignant. Where I preached it two years ago, people were like, oh. I preach it now, they're like, oh, okay, dang, that's kind of heavy. Um, anyway, so someone said in the chat, this sermon is way too political, which I thought was so, this is what so weird and funny, um, because Exodus is literally a political book. Most of the Bible is very political. I mean, Jesus is the Lord is a and was a political statement. It meant that Caesar is not Lord or that is not my president. Jesus is Lord. It would be like saying that's not my president, whether I don't care who you vote for. I mean, this is not this is not that. I'm saying that phrase um he's not my president is a phrase and it's a very political phrase. Jesus' Lord is very similar to that phrase. It's um, Caesar is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. And it's political. And it got the disciples like beat up and persecuted and killed. I mean, 
So the Bible is political, and Exodus is the most political book because it's literally the the re-politicking uh, of uh, Israel, turning Israel from a refugee uh, people group to a its own nation with its own politic, with its own civility, with its own laws, with its own order. It's literally the epitome of a political book. And it starts with God defending the powerless in the face of tyrannical leadership and saying this form of government is not righteous. This form is. Now, if you read into that too much and and hear what think that I'm saying that American form of government is not righteous, but God's form of government is, that's not true and true at the same time, right? It's not true in the sense I'm not saying that. I don't I don't believe that. Um, but it's also it is kind of true because God's form of government is um the only true form of government that will last. His rule will reign and will be over all the earth. So <clears throat> again, I get, I digress. So I think it's funny when someone's like, this sermon's getting too political. Literally, Exodus is a political book. And what is it talking about? What was I, well, the point yesterday was that no matter where you are at, whether you are in the government, in the police department, marching on the streets, whatever you're doing, um, there are people and we don't know where they come from sometimes that are that that get aligned to God's justice that get aligned to like this is a, a crime against humanity we can't live this way and i think we're getting that um it's kind of i think it's happening more and more in our world i think in our cultural moment it's being accused of being led by the left and which is makes a bunch of conservative people scared and nervous and I think N.T. Wright, which I might actually do a summary of his, he wrote a paper the other night, I think Friday night, and then read it on Zoom or something. Um, I might try to do a summary, a podcast of what he said, because it was brilliant. But basically, one of his points was that the reason why it feels like it's coming from the left right now is because the church hasn't done its job in justice. And I think this is true to a certain extent. Uh, actually, to most of the extent, it's true. As it comes to racial justice and equality, racial equality in the church, us confronting um, dominant culture around the church, mono-ethnic churches, confronting that with the gospel, we haven't done a good job. In Jamar Tisby's words, we've become complicit um, the church has become complicit in this, um, <clears throat> the sin of racism, the sin of prejudice. And so there is a reckoning that's happening. And it is, by and large, led um, by the streets, from the streets, um, into different halls of, of media power. And those tend to be left-leaning. That doesn't mean you dismiss it. That means go back to what the church has been called to do since its beginning and lead from that place. So um, yesterday I was at a, I was in, uh, I was in the Bayview, which is uh, historically a black district, black neighborhood in San Francisco, cut off by the 101 freeway, really hard to get to this neighborhood. Um, you can't get there just by an off-ramp. You have to go through side streets and all these other streets. There's like, like there's no main artery into it necessarily. And um, 
and there was faith leaders in this community, uh, historic black pastors and black churches that led a, a march, a peaceful march, um, up Third Street, and and ending in a rally. And I and several other pastors, friends of, of mine, pastors in the city, joined. There's a thousand, two thousand people or something, maybe more. And it was so, it was beautiful to be a part of, this might have been the first march in Bayview, I think. Um, maybe. I think that's what I heard. I could be wrong there. But to, to, to sing, to listen to their protest, meaning the black church, and to sing their songs, and to sit in their anger and their lament um, was quite, it was moving. It, it was a wonderful experience um, how they kept on calling for people who were part of dominant culture um, to continue to speak up and um, and basically be allies for justice. And um, and there is this one part that I, I think I, this is kind of where I want this podcast to end. They, they kept on, they, they had different pastors come up and basically do church. I mean, it was church. It was incredible. And get up and speak and, um, and speak for, for change and chanting and speaking and chanting and speaking. And then they would do a song and they would do, have a pastor come up and lead in a song. And, and then there was this one time where they said, um, and they had a, a mom who had lost her daughter um, to violence and everything she went through, she gave a testimony. And, but right in the middle of all this really heavy content, rage, anger, protest, they said, we're going to stop right now. We're going to dance. We're going to stop right now. And we're going to remember that, um, they can't get our joy. I want to cry. It's so good. And it, it reminded, and they, they rooted this back all the way back into, uh, like into um, into slavery. They rooted this back into our ancestors still knew how to dance. They still remembered the hope. And we have to keep, we have to, we have to do this with hope. And everyone just started dancing. And it was, it was beautiful. And I think we need both of these. I think we need a, a, a true sense of, of justice um, and uh and protest, and meaning peaceful, righteous. I mean, what the prophets were doing in the Old Testament is protest, and there is a place for it. and And I stand with peaceful protest. I think it's a really important part of being a follower of Jesus that we protest. I'm. Um, some of you are protesting against me by emailing me, and some a lot of that's righteous. Like, you, if you're angry about something, protest. I mean. That's there's there's place for that in in the scriptures, but their protest was was matched with hope. Their protest was matched with joy in God, joy in Christ. Literally, they said joy in Christ, and um, and I think we have to keep those two those two intention even in our protest right now, and we have to learn from um, our black brothers and sisters who have been protesting uh, injustice for four hundred years. And, and learn from them that we could both be uh, righteously angry and joyful in Jesus at the same time, in the same rally, 
uh, at the same march. And um, I thought that was really, really beautiful. This morning, I'll leave this here, I'll leave you with this scripture. This morning I was, um, felt God led me to Jeremiah 23. And Jeremiah 23 talks about how there is a day coming. I love when the scriptures open with, there is a day coming. And it says, verse 5, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely, and, listen, do what is just and right in the land. Justice and righteousness in the land, or or justice on the streets, literally on the streets in the land. In his day, verse 6, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. Peace be with you. Thank you.